Are you just going to stay here? I don't know. Oh, sweetheart, listen to me. Please, if you love me, just listen to me. No, you listen to me. This machine is predicting our future. Do you think I could just walk away from it? And I'm Noah, and you're listening to A Bite Of, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession, and we enjoy that thing one nibble at a time. We do, and it's the Twilight Zone. Yay! Beginning of the year, we always watch a marathon of the Twilight Zone, and we figured while we weren't covering some of the stuff that was out now, we might as well share a love with you that we love. Yeah, when I think of this season, when I think of like a season like Hawkeye or WandaVision, to me it's like a sandwich. And we're what? we're biting the sandwich until we finish it. It's one sandwich. Uh, I feel like a season like this is like a charcuterie board, okay? We're taking a lovely platter of deliciousness, and we're just picking the little morsels that we love best to take a bite of. The charcuterie board be on the wonderful board that, you know, two of our very lovely listeners sent us like last year. Uh, because it- they <laughs> care uh, a lot, and they def- definitely sent it to us. <laughs> definitely (laughs) heck yeah i was picturing that captain america charcuterie board yeah so that's how i feel about a season like this is like we're still taking a bite of something but we're making the perfect little cracker bite for ourselves i do love a good charcuterie board i hope we have one at the wedding this weekend (laughs) yes we are going to a wedding this weekend my best friend is getting married she had a postponement from covid from last january so things are happening and knowing melissa who was a guest star on our first season yeah um, funny enough the the twilights what was it midnight Midnight sun Sun. (laughs) i think it was like the penultimate episode yeah um she is definitely gonna have cheese there Yay! I mean, of course she would. Yeah, she loves a good cheese board, too. Heck yeah. yeah. She's a classy lady. Also, speaking of weddings, this is a weird segue, but I... <laughs> Noah is itching to get rid of these things. <laughs> I did. Okay, so our wedding that we had in November, we... I made these tote bags. I designed these tote bags, got them printed, and they were a favor for the wedding. And we have a lot left yes. over. Yes, yes. Because the order can only go in a certain amount of quantities, and we had a very small wedding because COVID. Intimate, intimate, intimate. Also to be intimate. Intimate. (laughs) And we have a lot left over. So if you would like one, (laughs) just message us on Instagram, Facebook, or (laughs) Oh, he's plugging the socials. He's plugging the socials. At a bite of pod, and we'll send you one because we have a lot. Yes. He uh, what you don't know is that he keeps pointing to the the metal bin that's next to him that is holding them. Every they're, time he says it, he points the to The reason it. why I want to get rid of them is cuz they're next to me every time we do this podcast yes. and I'm like, "Please get rid of we'll them." We'll also be moving soon, so if you could help us get rid of some stuff to pack, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah. So let us know. Yeah. So that's a glimpse into our life and end of podcast. Bye yeah. guys. <laughs> that was a little tiny tiny little update. And especially if some of you Patreon members want one, I mean, you could just message us on Patreon. Oh, the we, Patricians? The we Patricians have your address. get what they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can send it to you right away. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> right. <laughs> Overnight. 
Yeah. Just kidding. I mean, if you want to be a Patreon member too, you can find us at uh, Patreon slash Abide of. <laughs> Don't be afraid to support us. Did you like how I did all those segues to also just do the little opening stuff? It was probably the most seamless combination you've ever done in the history of Abide of. Until I ruined it with pointing it out. But. No, no, no. I think um, self um, hyphen word uh, is good. What? Awareness. Self-awareness oh. is good. <laughs> words, okay. words, look, I only have a finite amount of space in my brain for words, and sometimes words that I don't use very often get locked in the storage facility, so it just takes a little time for my brain to march down the stairs and bring that word up. Whoa. Okay. I don't know if that happens to anybody else, but just me. How do you picture what the inside of your head looks like? So there's my brain. And in the meta space of my brain, there's also a storage facility that's on the lower decks. <laughs> I I always seen mine. Have you have you seen the episode of SpongeBob where it shows a bunch of like SpongeBob's inside his head, and they're just like frantically going through file cabinets? That's how I feel like my brain is. Now, are they SpongeBob's or are they Noah's? Probably SpongeBob's. <laughs> yes, I appreciate All named that. Noah. <laughs> Noah Bob's. <laughs> Noah, Noah Bob Squarepants. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, but that's how I picture it. I've, that's how I've always just pictured what the inside of my head looks like. I know it's weird, but... You know. I like that for you. Thank you. It's whimsical. All right. Let's get into the oh, sure. episode of this. <laughs> I keep forgetting what we're here for. <laughs> right. So this episode, as you may have guessed, this is only our second one within this season that we're covering. And we're deciding to couple some episodes together of The Twilight Zone kind of talk about them there's a running theme throughout most of them yeah 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 and this one it kind of stems from derek's dad we always know it's friday because he would put on what is it triple d diners drive-ins and dives dives. right yes that's right we are doing two episodes of guy fieri in the twilight zone (laughs) imagine if this just became a guy fieri guy fieri podcast i mean the hair and the goatee is a twilight zone episode in itself i I, mean i i don't mind that show but it's guy fieri himself that i'm just like i don't know know, if i like you i well sure and but i have to be honest i think back in the day i mean triple d as you called it which is hilarious because like that's like I don't know. I feel like that's an insider term. So, he so, calls it that. So you've been listening to it yeah. more, uh, watching it more than you think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I have been, definitely, I mean, that show has been on for, I want to say like a decade. Yeah, it's too too um, long. But I've been known to be in a triple D, DDD, D cubed wormhole myself. It's easy to fall into. It is. And we decided to take that title and... <laughs> Run Noah, with it. Noah's real good at bringing it back to what we're doing I, here. Because <laughs> I just want to say the title. What did we even call this episode? I forgot. I didn't write it down. Oh, it's Diners, Devils, and Drives. Diners, Devils, Meow. and Drives. Yes, because every episode that we're covering this takes place in a diner. And there may or may not be a devil in there from Earth or another plane. Exactly. Some <laughs> sort of other being that is going to trick our characters. Yeah. Yeah, and I did want to, I know in the first episode I did talk about how we are going to talk a little bit about the 2019 Jordan Peele Twilight Zone, and I wanted to just right off the bat, I didn't pick it for this episode, and I was really conflicted about picking it or not, I I have to mention it anyway. Do it. It was season one, 
episode three. It's called Replay. It is so good. It's starring Sanaa Lathan, Dason Idris, and Glenn Flesher, which he's been in a couple other things. But just to give you a short thing, because I do want you guys to watch the new, the newest Twilight Zone iteration. It's only two seasons. It's pretty freaking good. Oh, yeah. We we blew through Binged it pretty it. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. We were very hesitant to watch it because we were like, mm, I don't know. But yeah. it was very good. Very, Absolutely. very good. Completely agree. So this episode features a camera recorder with the ability to turn back time, but with one apparent limitation, it can delay a fatal encounter between a mom trying to take her son to college and a racist police officer determined to stop them. But it can't be delayed forever. That's all I'm going to give you. It is very good. I will be completely honest in saying that this episode of The Twilight Zone made me cry. Yeah. It was it was very emotional. It's it's one of those things when we first started watching the newest iteration of the Twilight Zone, it kind of it, it felt like it was trying to play a lot of homage to the original series, which was great. Yeah, we want that. Right. And we knew that Rod Serling wanted to create something that kind of expanded and pushed the limits to what they were limiting him to mm-hmm. on social commentary, on anything that he wanted to talk about. And the third episode was like Jordan Pitt was like, oh, I see you, and I'm going to just go straight through that. Yeah. Huge social commentary in this one. It's so good. It's so well-written, but also it has that Twilight zone spin on it. I don't know. I, just, I love that Jordan Peele was the one that did it because he's not scared to like go the extra mile. He doesn't care if you're uncomfortable. It's real, but he's going to show you a little well, supernatural yeah. twist on it. Yeah, life is uncomfortable, <laughs> and you know what? It's kind of this thing of like... This is my medium, and this is how I'm getting the message across. Right. So even though it's the Twilight Zone and there's a sci-fi twist to it or otherworldly twist to it, I'm still getting the real-world message across, and that's what he does so well. Yeah. And, and and I really think, I mean, the second season, I wouldn't say they're achieving that as much, which is fine, I feel like. But in the first season, pretty much every episode is social commentary. Yeah, and, the, yeah, and, for sure. Yeah, and this one is incredibly effective. I liked it a lot. I, I, I think it's really good. It is hard to watch, but it's something that I think needs to be watched. Mm-hmm. So go watch it. I don't want to spoil yeah. anything because it is so good. But I had yeah. to mention it in this one because we're talking about diners, devils, and drives. Yes. So as always, I did want to give a phobia to this episode. <laughs> I found one. <laughs> give it's us that creepy, creepy. Really weird. The last one I talked about apocalyptophobia which isn't technically real because there's too many phobias within that umbrella of things but i found this one which is it fits it fits fear of french fries fear of french fries no and i didn't look that up but (laughs) (laughs) this phobia is dipnophobia Mm -hmm. and it's the fear of dining with others. <gasps> right? Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah, it, tell it me more. Sense. Tell me more. Tell me more. So this is all from the recoveryvillage.com. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to take credit for this because I don't know if there's an actual phobia, but I found it on a website, so it has to be real. Got to be real. That's yeah. how the internet works. Internet never lies. Only real things are on there. <laughs> so, and I quote, Dipnophobia is a fear of dining with others. This often manifests as a fear of dining parties. It may stem from the fear of dining conversations or having to carry out a conversation while eating oh so there's a lot going on here yeah yeah (laughs) it may also be related to some underlying social phobia in many cases dipnophobia is triggered by traumatic events from an individual's past 
either being ridiculed as a child for how they eat or how much they eat or anything like that. It just makes somebody kind of anxious to eat around people. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It's yeah. making a little more sense. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The fear of dining with others can also be related to a fear of being criticized for the way somebody eats. Mm. So not even just as a child, but, you know, there's that thing that some people have like an uncontrolled annoyance with how somebody chews. Or like oh. if they hear the smacking, it just like, it irritates them so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of one of those people. I don't think I get super irritated with it, but I like notice it and I'm like, ah. We, like my, when I was a little dude, my father would get on us. He'd call it chomping and he'd just go, stop chomping, stop chomping. Can I just say something? Your dad my said My father that? as an adult now okay. is the worst with chomping and mouth noises and doesn't care. I don't understand. I don't understand. He berated us as children. And to me, I mean, I guess I can go out into the world and not be a heathen. But now he has henceforth been heathened. I, I love your dad. And I'm, I'm so happy that we've mentioned him a few times on this Triple D episode. Because <laughs> he would probably love it. He does listen to the podcast, so hi. I know. We have to make sure he listens to his dad. He's like, oh, chump. Yeah, you do. And <gasps> <laughs> but it's great. We love him. But, and the last thing I'll say about this phobia, people with dipnophobia tend to eat alone or prefer to eat in silence if they have to eat with others. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like understand it. I think you said it sort of at the beginning of the phobia of – that like fear of like going to a dinner party. Mm. I have that. It's like, I mean, it's obviously, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally connected to my own anxiety. Mm. Um, but it's like really funny. It's like, I will be panicked about the dinner until I get there and then I'm fine. But what are you panicked about? Are you panicked about not having the right things to bring to it? Or are you no, panicked no. about actually eating there? No, no, no. It's, it's, it's panic about... Maybe sitting down with people I don't know. Will mm. I be judged? Will we get along? Will the topic be okay? Like I'm very, it's interesting. Like in my social life, I'm very nervous about silence and what that means and nobody's engaging. But in my personal life, I enjoy silence. Yeah, but I mean, you get any of our friends together, there's hardly ever any silence. From the so. moment we're together, it's nonstop. It's mayhem. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. So, like, because, like, in when, when like, conferences were happening in person, I'd go to a lot of publisher dinners, and that was always very nerve-wracking to me. So, I, I completely get that. Huh. Interesting. But I just I mean, don't like to have to eat around people I don't know. I don't think I have a fear of it. It's just like, ugh, okay. <laughs> I guess there's like sort of a thing of like faux pas, right? Like I don't want to do something that might gross someone else out. Oh, okay. Well, fuck them. But I mean, but like, I listen, yeah. if if the waiter is coming and they're going to take the plate and there's still one boneless chicken wing on the plate, I'm going to eat it. Oh, I, yeah. If I'm too full or if I don't feel like finishing it, I'll be like, yeah, I know there's a corner of that sandwich left. You can take it. No, no, no wasty. <laughs> I know it's weird, but whatever. Clean pay club. Clean plate club? No. All I right. enjoyed that, though. But that's my phobia. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We, of course, always have to issue a spoiler alert just in case because, you know, Twilight Zone could be twisty-turny, and we do not want to spoil those twisty turns for you. Yeah. Again, you can watch all of these. The whole original Twilight Zone series is available to stream. So if you want to watch these and then come back, please yes. do that now. Yes, but I also will say that while Noah and I are able to watch it on streaming, we did buy the entire Blu-ray series. 
recently. Yeah. Okay. Don't judge. <laughs> Don't judge us. We just love it so much. Yeah. Okay. Let us officially take a bite of the Twilight Zone, Nick of Time, and will the real Martian please stand up? So watch those if you don't want to get spoiled, please, uh, because both of these episodes have big twisty turnies in them. Twistedly turnly, please. Yeah. yeah. So I'm up first. My episode is Nick of Time from season two, episode seven. It was written by written... Whoops, that's wrong. It was not written written by by written. written. Whoa, Twilight Zone! (laughs) Wee-doo, 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 (laughs) wee-doo. It was written by Richard Matheson, Uh and it aired on November 18th, 1960. So this was the first William Shatner Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. We're going to be, we might have some other Shatner episodes coming up, because how could we not? But that's interesting. I didn't know this is his first one. Yes. I mean, I think it is, but I might be wrong. I think you're right. I think I'm right. Right. I'm going to go with it. (laughs) Comment below if I'm wrong. Thanks, guys. (laughs) So as we did in the last episode, I will start with the opening Serling monologue. Ooh. The hand belongs to Mr. (laughs) Dunn S. Carter, male member of a honeymoon team en route across the Ohio... Ohio... (laughs) What is happening? Now too many words I have like... come up from the storage. Okay, mm. but can I just say that Ohio sounds much better than Ohio? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Idaho, no Ohio, though. <laughs> Ohio, you know? No. <laughs> Across the Ohio countryside <laughs> to New York City, in one moment they will be subjected to a gift most humans never receive in a lifetime. Oh. For one penny, they will be able to look into the future. The time is now. The place is a little diner in Ridgeview, Ohio. And what this young couple doesn't realize is that this town happens to lie on the outskirts of the Twilight Zone. All right. So when we first meet our honeymooners, Don and Pat, they are sitting in their convertible, which unfortunately is hooked onto the back of a tow truck. Been there. Done that. I haven't. I've always wanted to. No, me either. And I feel like now it's like that thing of like where they don't, re- they don't really let you sit like when you go through the car wash anymore. They don't really let you sit in the back of the car with the tow truck. I pay for the monthly payments. Let me sit in my damn car. No, heck no. <laughs> they said liable. Yeah. <laughs> so as we see on their honeymoon, things are not going according to plan and they're Car has broken down in this little town in Ohio. So apparently there's something wrong with their fuel pump, and the mechanic here does not have the part, so he has to order it. I also like how they were like, <laughs> he was like, it's going to be four hours, and they, you would think that the world ended. They were like, four precious hours? It's like, it takes eight hours for me to get an oil change. Oh like, my gosh. <laughs> Last week, I brought my car in to get the state inspection. Yeah. Turned out I needed new tires. I dropped it off at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I got it back at 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. Okay? And they also broke something, too? Oh, I they don't... broke the key to my wheel locks. I don't even know what that is. So but... you know what? Don and Pat, calm down. Yeah. Also, some of us didn't get to go on our original honeymoons because of COVID-19. Okay, well, you just need... they. You, William Shatner could not help that. I know. They got me started. They right. got me started. Okay. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Take it back. Oh, things got intense. So, of course, what do they do to kill some time? Go to the diner. Of course. There's a local diner. But we see as they're crossing the street, they're walking hand in hand on the sidewalk, and they go to cross the street, and they're about to, quote unquote, split the pole. And we see that 
Don pulls her to his side because he doesn't want to split the pole. Bread and butter, baby. Heck yeah, that's what he says, quote yeah. unquote. So, Do you do that? Do you not like the pole being split? Um, it's not about, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I'm going to split a pole as homosexuals. <laughs> we don't really hold hands in the street for fear of murder. Whoa, okay. Well, went there. Welcome to You don't necessarily have to hold somebody's hand. It's like if you're walking together. Yeah, I guess that's true, but I... I don't know. It's funny. That's not something that ever stuck out to me. For me, I'm more of like a don't step on the crack because you'll break your mother's back Oh, type of guy. He said, P-Shaw. Bye, mama's back. P-Shaw to mom's. No, I think I I always notice like the splitting of the pole. I'm just like, oh, that probably sucks. (laughs) Don't reverse it. Good luck, suckers. Anyway, I just I was curious. But for good old Don and Pat, we see that Don is quite superstitious. Yeah, right off. Yeah, bat. but I mean, that's the beauty of the writing. We're just given a small tidbit of this person and how they think of these things. It might come into play later. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> or we do, we do, we do. Yeah, there you go. So they actually walk into the Busy Bee Cafe. Oh. And what's interesting about this is that it appears throughout the first season of the new Twilight Zone in 2019. And, that was always fun. And in right, looking for those Easter eggs was mm-hmm. fantastic. And just like Noah had mentioned in that original, uh, that one replay they're in the Busy Bee Cafe. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved that. That was the coolest thing about this. One of the cool things I should say about this new iteration of the Twilight Zone is if you know the original one, you're going to see callbacks to it, even if it's just a motif yes. or a diner. And it's like, hey, the, the, William yeah. Shatner was what? there. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's just, I don't know. It, it, and as an old school Twilight Zone fan, it's just gratifying to see. And something about like connecting the dot that the Busy Bee Diner that they put in the new one in replay. And actually they put it in a couple of them because it's yeah. on the cups. Yeah. It just makes me feel like, oh, so someone else took notice of one of my favorite episodes too. Oh yeah. And I'm not alone in that. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just cool. So so I was like, yay. So I, they they walk into the Busy Bee Cafe. I have to mention that when they come in, like the immediately when they come into this cafe, she starts the jukebox. Oh heck yeah. What you force everybody to listen to your music. It wasn't on in the first place, lady. Well, <laughs> aren't I, they weird? Jukeboxes are weird. Jukeboxes are weird. But like, even if you think about jukeboxes and diners later on, so like in this particular one, there's like one main jukebox for right. the whole diner. But later on, there were individual little jukeboxes at every booth. And when you played a song, it played on everyone else's jukebox. No. Yes. I was always so terrified to do them because, one, I didn't want people to know that I wanted to listen to Cher or Celine Dion. <gasps> Ooh. But. Oh. <laughs> Double whammy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they were on the jukeboxes at the diner Heck that I yeah. would go to. But, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I'm yeah. so glad I did not yeah. do that. And it was like, you know, like towards the end, it was kind of like the sound system wasn't great. So it was kind of like Whoa. creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so she does the thing, but I think that it <laughs> illustrates that they are just so in love and swoony on their honeymoon. Yeah, at they're this like, moment. we need some mood music yeah. while we dine. Yeah. Noah and I's version of that <laughs> is doing a puzzle and then downloading Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Oh, yeah. And then playing it for the entire honeymoon <laughs> exactly. while eating cheese yes! and drinking all day. Yeah. Queen. It was great. It was fantastic. We wore robes. Here's a word of advice for any of the listeners that are going to get married, maybe planning a honeymoon, or one day will do one of those things. 
You don't have to go on excursions. You don't have to do something super extravagant. Get an Airbnb in a nice little quiet place and just geek the fuck out. Yeah. It's great if that's what your partner's into, obviously. But it's so much fun. It that's was so much mean. fun. There was a fireplace. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was anyway, everything we could have sorry. dreamed of. All right. Back to these honeymooners, which are who are about to take a detour into the Twilight Zone. Also, why don't do that on your honeymoon? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's so angry. <laughs> they finally sit at a booth, and there is a mystic seer fortune-telling machine. This little machine that yeah. doubles as a napkin holder. That's so weird. Hello. Has a little devil bobblehead on top of it. It has a winking eye and a diamond eye with two pointy horns and two fangs. He is ready to answer your yes or no questions. I'm kind of disappointed that it wasn't called like the busy devil cafe or something. Because it's like, why is there a little devil on this, when the motif for the because he's cafe. the mystic seer, I know, and it's just like, wait, why? Who? Whose decision was it to put these in here? Well, I feel like the mystic seers are an afterthought, right? Uh, it's like right. you get your you the get your diner, thing. and then you're like, oh, we should get some. Oh, look at these fun little fortune tellers that are also napkin it. holders. I'd love it at my table. Yeah, and then you you know screw over your patrons. It's fine. <laughs> Bring them into the Twilight Zone. It's cool. Yeah. So as things are in the 60s, it costs one penny to ask it a yes or no question. Oh, and the first question that Don asks is, does anything exciting ever happen around here? And it answers, it is quite possible. Dun, dun, dun. A bit general, but sure. Yeah. So we come to meet the person who works there. He tries to get them to eat some chicken fried steak, but they order just a very delicate tomato and lettuce on whole wheat with some iced coffee. What is that was the most infuriating <laughs> That's thing. That's the most bizarre thing about yeah. this episode. <laughs> Where's the bacon? No cheese? No mayo? It's so yeah. weird. It's like on wheat of all yeah. breads, yeah. you just want some... Hopefully the lettuce is fresh and not wilty and like rubbery, you know, when you get le- lettuce like that. Gross. I mean, <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed that a diner in the 60s took a little more care than maybe restaurants nowadays. True. But um, that was quite bizarre. But I will say, it's so funny. It's like, I don't think I realized iced coffee, iced coffee, iced coffee existed until I was like a teenager. But the mm. fact that, like, in the 60s, people were just drinking iced coffee, like, for some reason, blew my mind. Oh, you didn't think it was invented back then? Not that it was invented, but, like, <laughs> like they order it numerous times. And it's, like, some, like, you know what I mean? It's, like, oh. Pat gets, like, at least four. She needs yeah, to calm down. Yeah, well, the t- tension is high. <laughs> tension is high, you know. Um, but that, I don't know, it's just, like, oh, iced coffee was a thing in the 60s. Like, I guess, yeah, you could put anything oh. in the refrigerator. <laughs> It's a, yeah, because I guess it's like such a normal part of our day yeah. that it's like, oh, they did that back then too. It's like, yeah, yeah, dummies, of course they did that. Yeah, ding dong. <laughs> Didn't happen in the 2000s. Anyway. So part of Don's story is that he's also waiting to hear about a promotion. Mm-hmm. And so he's very nervous about this. He wants to keep calling the office. So he's on his honeymoon. You can't do that. Yeah, exactly. She's like, come on, leave work at home. And he's like, no. So of course he turns to the mystic seer and he asks, am I going to be promoted for Pete's sake? And it asks, by the way, not only are you going to get my bad Rod Serling impression, but oh, you're going to get my horrible Shatner impression oh, as Lord. well. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to do. <clears throat> not oh. so good. <laughs> and the Mystic Seer shoots out a card that says, it has been decided in your favor. 
So he runs to the payphone. He says, operator, give me main one, blah, blah, blah. And we see in Pat's hands that she has a rabbit foot and a four-leaf clover charm, which we noticed that Don was carrying in his pocket. Yeah, so again, super superstitious. Yeah, so he didn't want to split the pole. He carries mm-hmm. around a rabbit's foot and a four-leaf clover. So the man is hell-bent on superstition. So he gets in touch with Pauline, who's like the bigwig secretary, and apparently he got the job. So he's really impressed. He's like, this thing predicted it. He knew it was already decided. So I need to talk to this mystic seer some more. Ugh, so great. he starts popping panties he asks is it really going to be four hours before we get out of here and it's like you may never know you mean something will happen to us if you move soon we're supposed to stay here that makes a good deal of sense should we stay here until 2 30 try again should we stay until three o'clock there's no question about it so (laughs) what i love how he's like asking it these things and he's telling his wife it's giving me the answers it's like are they though because they just seem like a magic eight ball just giving you the same, like, it's not really saying anything. How dare you doubt the magic but, of the magic eight ball? Because <laughs> you have a paranoid, super superstitious guy that's just some th- something's just giving him this answers. Is, this is superstitious fodder right here. It's yeah. answering all of his questions. So Pat's getting a little nervous. She's like, uh-oh. Did I marry the right person? Yeah. So she like she's like, hey, maybe let's go look at the town and uh, let's get out of here. So he refuses to go. Time lapses. It's almost three o'clock. Pat's like, come on, we got to get out of here. And he is sticking up for the mystic seer. Do we know what time they went there to begin with? We don't. Was it like 12 maybe? You know, you know, it might have been. And maybe I didn't notice it because I would I. I surely believe that the Twilight Zone folks let us know what time it was. when. They yeah, I feel like maybe 12 is a good number because yeah. being in a diner for three hours is excessive. Yeah. And we see that she's like kind of wandering around. He's like really trying to eat this melted ice cream, which they've probably had for a while. And she's like, please, let's get out of here. So it's like 2.50 and they finally leave. Right. So they go out into the street. They start bickering about the machine. He's like, it told us all the answers. We need to listen to it. She's like, come on, you're being ridiculous. Sure enough, they almost get mowed down by a giant truck. And when he looks at the clock on the pole and the street, it's three o'clock. Dun, dun, dun. And he's like, I told you, it was three o'clock. We should have stayed. The machine was right. And she's like, no, 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 no. You kept us there until three o'clock. Yep. It was your fault that we almost got hit. Yep. You listened to the machine, which is apparently psychic, quote unquote. But if we would have left when I wanted to leave, this wouldn't have happened. Right. And I think she brings up a good point because she was like, no, you made the decisions, but you made you let that thing make the decisions for you. So right. therefore, if any coincidences happen because of it, you're going to think that it's that. It's on you, Don. Yeah. Also, I want to... Like, I feel like regard, like if that situation was happening, because how they almost get mowed down, there's a truck, and then the truck is slowing down because they're crossing the street. The car wants to speed around it because it's like, oh my God, this truck's in the way because they're crossing, and then it almost hits them. It's like, so you you caused it. <laughs> yeah, so you don't want to split the pole, but you don't look right. left, you don't look right, left, right. You don't go to a crosswalk. 
which yeah. I'm not sure existed at that time because in every Twilight Zone episode with the street, everybody's just going everywhere in the street. <laughs> I, can we can we just come back to real life for a second? Noah is a big supporter of crosswalks. Oh my God, absolutely. Myself, who grew up in Queens and worked in the city, it's like you cross where you cross and that's on the cars to not hit you. Nope. Noah is like, we need to cross this street to get to that street because if we don't cross this street, then we won't be lined up with the crosswalk. Yeah, absolutely. Safety first. Fight me on it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So, so, so going back to our lovebirds who are spatting, Pat and Don, they go back to the Busy Bee Cafe and uh-oh, some ladies are sitting in their booth. Yeah, he's getting real antsy Yeah, to get back in that booth. But Pat's like, <laughs> bro, there are mystic seers all over this place. Let's just ask this one at the counter. Superstitious Don. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Don says, no, thank you. He says, I'll, I'll order two more iced coffees here at the counter, but I am not putting my penny in this machine. All right? So they wait. They talk a little bit more. And then the ladies finally get up. And he rushes over to the old booth. And he starts pumping questions in to the machine. Yeah, he asks a lot of yeah. questions. <clears throat> Let's get into it. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you know about the car almost hitting us? What do you think? Will we reach New York all right now? Your chances are good. Will it still take four hours before the car is ready? It has already been taken care of. And just at that moment, the mechanic walks in and says their car is ready. Okay, that was a, a wee-do-wee-do moment because, yeah, I mean... And I'm like, I wasn't believing this whole Mystic Seer thing yeah. until that moment. I was like, okay, is it coincidence? Am I being superstitious? What's happening? Yeah. And then Don turns to Pat and he's like, suck it, Pat. <laughs> I told you I was right. She gets real distraught about him in this like last couple minutes of the episode. Well, I feel like she's like watching her husband lose his mind. And they've only been married for what a week they've been on their honeymoon it's like she saw all the cute little trinkets that he would or like the little superstitions that he had but she's like oh no you're just like paranoid like you're you're not acting right and how many paranoid characters does william shatner play in the twilight zone all of them (laughs) all of them did he divorce her and then marry the woman that he was on Nightmare <laughs> 20,000 no. feet. Oh, <laughs> no. Just Don saying. and Pat right off to the sunset. So, to, we'll see. to prove that he's correct, he tells <laughs> her to ask some questions right. of Mystic Seer. And so, listen, Pat's thinking, Pat's like, I'm going to ask it questions that I already know the answers to. Okay. So she asks, Will we reach Columbus by tomorrow? And he's like, We're not going through Columbus. And the Mystic Seer says, if that's what you really want. That's toots. a non-answer. Okay. <laughs> then she says, will I ever be married? And he answers, the answer to that is obvious. It's not okay. possible to foretell the future, is it? That's up to you to find out. What? You're just a stupid piece of junk, aren't you? <laughs> that all depends on your point of view. See? Woo. Yeah, but- He's planar. He's planar. He's is planar. He? He's planar like a ukulele. Is he? Yeah. No, but the, I could have easily just been like, does this person love me? It depends on your point of view. What? 
I mean, that Mystic Seer said, T, bitch. Yeah. Let's go, bitch. You want to you wanna go another round? Give me another penny. Yeah. So then Don is just like completely like, this thing is right. It knows everything. So then he starts to get manic and he gets like the most Shatner he's been in this whole episode. Yeah. He's like, are we going to live in the East? Are we going to live in the West? Are we going to leave this country? <laughs> Derek's shoulders are up to the top of his head when he does that. Just a tippy top of my cue ball head. So finally, she's she's like, you're obsessed. Are you going to let this thing run your life? And then she says, I don't want to know what's going to happen. I want us to make it happen. And that finally snaps him out of it. And he agrees that you're right. And they leave the Busy Bee Cafe. I mean, why? It's just a napkin holder. Just take it with you if you want. But I mean... As we see. If it never runs out of fortunes, then that means that thing is cursed or, or we supernatural. Do, we do, we do, yeah. we do. Fortune, mm-hmm. fortune, fortune, fortune. But as we see, this is not the first time it has happened. Because as Pat and Don exit the Busy Bee Diner, uh-huh. another couple comes in. And they are distraught. Their first question for the machine is, can we ask some more questions now? Then, do you think we might leave Ridgeview today? And they look horrified and distraught because guess what the mystic seer is keeping them in ridgeview is it though or is it them <laughs> it's the twilight zone baby no I'm, is, is this westview i don't like that's what I'm. it feeling. was wanda it's... or was it agatha all along <laughs> agatha's the mystic seer the whole time listen i see mephisto agatha it all fits together but anyway, that is Nick of Time. It's the we do moment is apparently other very paranoid and superstitious people see this napkin holder as the holder of their fate. Yes. But that's Did you but, like that? You, you didn't even... Napkin holder is the holder of their fates. Yeah. I wanted more credit for that one. Come on. That was beautiful. <laughs> wow. Good job. I wrote it and in my notes I was like, Derek will like this. And then he skinned right over it. Oh, sorry. It's I just fine. had an uh, I had a thought in my head. So I was concentrating on that. I wasn't being a, fine. I wasn't conversing well. It's fine. <sighs> anyway. I forgot Do you have any what I was gonna say. Oh, the 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 step on a crack mother's back thing. Uh-huh. Um I also have like I used to deal with this. I don't deal with it anymore. I don't know if it's so much a superstition as an OCD thing, but when I would like turn the volume up in my car, I needed it to be on an even number. That's definitely a, more of a yeah obsessive compulsive thing. Yeah, like or it just the it just makes you comfortable yeah. type thing. I no, I don't think I have really any other superstitions. Do you? I, I the only one I can think of like when I wrote this down, I'm like wait, do I have any? The only one I can think of is. I always have to leave on a road trip before the sun comes up. Ooh. It's weird. I mean, but good I planning. feel like, but I, I feel like, cause I get scared that I'll fall asleep. I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I have to, I have to start going before other people get up mm-hmm. because then that means it will be a safe trip. I don't I like know. That. I'm down with that. I don't know. I'm like, a. that's why I forced you to get up yeah. at like 5am every time we do a road trip. Well, you know what though? I, first of all, I just like that. Cause I think it's good planning, oh, but thanks. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm a anything. big I'm a big believer though in sort of like following your intuition when it comes to things like that. Like in my family, it's interesting. 
we're not like super serious religious people at all. I went to Catholic school, as many of you know. Um, my mom does this thing that when we leave the house, she says, oh, yeah. bless yourself. And so we make the sign of the cross before we leave. It's very confusing for somebody from the outside. But <laughs> it's just something that we do. Right. And there is a tale that one time my mother did not say that to my brother and he went rollerblading and she didn't say, go bless yourself. She didn't say, bless yourself. And that day he tried to go over a ramp on his rollerblades. He fell and he broke his wrist in two places and they had to set it. And it was this whole big thing. So we're very superstitious about the bless yourself thing. Okay. I never know what to say to that. Whenever your mom has said it, I'm like, okay. It goes like this. (laughs) Love you guys. Bless yourselves. Like that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. No, I know, but I, I feel like I need to say. <laughs> no, you just say, love you too. And then I, what I do is that I bless myself. I do the sign yeah. of the cross. Cool. Um, But I have to just say, one of the things that I love so much about this episode in particular is that not much happens, but it's oh, still yeah. full of tense moments. And, and in reading the backstory behind it, it literally just, the writer, it came from the idea of when he and his wife were at a diner and he saw like a mystic seer machine and he was like, wouldn't that be weird? Oh, they were, if the mystic, they're real. Yeah. He was like, wouldn't that be weird if the fortune telling machine told someone's future? And that's where it came from. It's pretty simple, right? Yeah. There you go. A beautiful episode. Nice. I love it. I I like this episode a lot. I mean, I'm pretty sure all of William Shatner's episodes are really good. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong on that one. I'm with you. My, okay, my turn. Your <laughs> turn. <laughs> my episode is Will the Real Martian Please Stand Up? And yes, Eminem got his lyrics from this. No, I'm just kidding. He did not. I, I think he did. I maybe. Will the Real Sims Lady Please Stand Up? I mean, it's too similar. I mean, to is not. it possible that there is some other route to Will the Blank Real Absolutely Blank Please not. Stand Up? Nope. Before um, the Twilight Zone? Nope. This came out. In 1961. So, no. <laughs> Nothing happened before that. <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. So, this this episode first premiered in May 1961. <laughs> have I ever told you guys, I think I may have mentioned it maybe briefly once, that I have an irrational fear of aliens. And I say irrational because I'm cognizant in knowing that it's a stupid thing to be scared of. But anytime, anytime. There's an alien that looks like the little green men, little gray men, whatever. I get the willies. Like an like and like if we're watching something, there's like an audible. Okay, no, 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 no. Yeah, like he he. Cannot I will deal not. With it. I will, and it's so. I can watch horror all day and night. I can watch gro- I I can watch the grossest things on the planet. Murder, I, murder, murder. I sit on the toilet and watch Doctor Pimple Popper. Ew. But. <laughs> Ew. But I can't. Even a visual of an alien, I just cannot look at it. Anyway, this one. <laughs> so the 90s, when they brought aliens back, was a real bad time for Noah. But see, I can watch aliens. They they just can't look like Oh, no, I meant like, like when like uh, Spencer's oh, yeah. or Hot Topic had like a black light poster with an alien face on it. Going into like any of like the, the what do they call them? Like the head stores? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I never went in. I was like, you can go in. I'm not going in there. <laughs> no, there was one in El Paso with a giant alien in a spaceship in the middle of the shop. And I was like, absolutely It was not. waiting for you. No. So 
that's why I was kind of scared to do this episode. But luckily, there's no little green men in it. I also do want to say that. So I had seen this episode before. Noah had never seen this episode. And watching never. something with someone who has never seen it before. And like, you know, the 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 twists and the beat is like so satisfying because you get to see someone experience the real feeling of the episode oh yeah for the first time i that's fine i'm just gonna preface this with i loved this episode so good so opening narration wintry february night the present order of events a phone call from a frightened woman noting the arrival of an unidentified flying object the checkout you've just witnessed with two state troopers verifying the event but with nothing more enlightening to add beyond evidence of some tracks leading across the highway to a diner. You've heard of trying to find a needle in a haystack? Well, stay with us now and you'll be part of an investigating team whose mission is not to find the proverbial needle. No, their task is even harder. They've just got to find a Martian and a diner and in just a moment you'll search with them because you've just landed in the Twilight Zone. I feel like this is one of those narrations where it's like, you're saying a lot of words. Let me f- experience it. You know what I mean? Like he said, like, I feel like the first part of that narration was good. And I was like, okay, I know they're going to a diner to find a Martian. This man said proverbial <laughs> needle in a haystack. Yeah. And you're hating on him? I'm not hating on That's him. That's literature. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's just good writing. So that did set the scene a little bit. These cops during a winter storm, two state troopers. I said cops, state troopers. Are they the same thing? No. Okay. I don't know, actually. (laughs) Are investigating a crash after a woman telephoned them and led them to believe there's a flying saucer. Immediately, I'd never seen this before. I know the episode says Martian in it, but I got terrified. I turned to Derek and I was like, if there's aliens in this, we can't watch this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to, I mean, I, uh, in thinking of the Twilight Zone episodes, when there are aliens, they never really look like. Well, that's usually the twist of whoever the alien is or where they are, so. I should have been smarter on that. I just got scared. It's okay. It's a phobia. It's fine. <laughs> so they see footprints in the snow from the pond leading to the diner. I'd, I'd be done. If I was one of those state troopers, I'd be like, no, thanks. They had a job. They, it's snowing. We're in like what seems like Alaska, freezing. I mean, I also think that there there must be something where you can't believe that something is real, so you have to keep looking to tr- prove yourself right. With any other situation. I would. Except aliens. A woman said UFO. I clearly am like, oh, a UFO is probably here. Sorry. And they said whatever it was clipped off the top of some trees. They follow the footprints leading from the crash to the diner, the Highway Cafe, Mm -hmm. where a group of passengers from a bus to Boston are waiting for word that a bridge up ahead is safe to cross. This really, this kind of reminds me just a little bit. There was an episode in the new Twilight Zone in the 2019 one with Steven Yeun. It's almost kind of similar to this. Yeah. Where there's an alien that comes and he's like in an environment with people and they're like, something's not right here. Somebody doesn't belong here. Great episode. It gets a little weird at the end. Yeah. But it was good. It, it has that tension of like somebody's here that doesn't belong. It's very like clue. Yes. It's like a group of people and you're trying to figure out the mystery. Exactly. I love situations like that. Mm-hmm. Love them. <laughs> these people i do want to say it's it's like you have a whole cast of people and there's one in particular that looks just like jennifer coolidge oh yeah the starlet baby the starlet avery is her name Ooh. and she looks just i'm not kidding guys 
Like, look, look this episode up and look up Avery, the starlet from this episode. I'm like, is that Jennifer Coolidge? Like, I swear to God. When, when they, in the new Twilight Zone, when they do the remake of this episode or the nod to this episode, Jennifer Coolidge better be in it. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the cops, I keep saying cops in this. That's what I wrote in my notes. State troopers, if there's a difference, I'm not going to change it. Were you, you, you <laughs> synonymous in, no, in, in this conversation right i'm not saying one's lesser or one's better anyway the cop asks the bus driver for a passenger manifest because they want to know that all of the people in this diner are from the bus that this driver was in and it is interesting because i thought in my head it's like it's a bus they don't have a manifest and he even says is this a plane no i'm a bus i don't have a manifest there's also only less than 10 people in here yeah why would i need that the bus driver said there were six passengers on the bus when they got there, <gasps> but the state troopers, see, I keep switching them, <laughs> say <laughs> there's seven people in the diner. Dun, dun, dun. This is the Twilight Zone. You need to go wee-doo, wee-doo, wee-doo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wee-doo, wee-doo, yeah. wee-doo, wee-doo, wee-doo. <laughs> Thank you. The diner owner says no one was in the diner before the passengers came in. So this mysterious Martian came in. With everybody else. Right. And I do want to say, like, I mean, if there was only six people on the bus excluding the driver, I, in my head, I was like, I probably wouldn't have noticed that. I wouldn't have oh. counted. Mm-mm. But I think I might have would have noticed how many people were there or who wasn't there. I, so I am a person that I am always looking at everyone around me. And I would have been able to know exactly who didn't, who wasn't on a bus. I know, I know, I know it, I know it. I'm one of those people where I I feel like I just don't, I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want to interact with anybody. So I don't. I'm with you on that. I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want you to interact with me, but you better believe me. I am taking my own itinerary of everybody who's here. (laughs) I, there's like that game. Do you ever do that game? Like when you're in a group of people and they're like, they go down the list and everybody has to say their name and like something that starts with the letter of their first name. Sounds familiar. I was in a class once and they're like, who wants to go first? And like the first person, and then they're like, who wants to go last? And I was like, oh, I'll go last. And they were like, oh, you're in for trouble. Because the person who goes last has to say everybody's name and the thing that's wh- that they Absolutely said. Absolutely not. Throughout the whole thing, there's like 25 of us. I had no problem with that because I do that every day of my life. Well, that's insane. I'm always seeing okay. who's around me. So I would have been like, you, Martian, yeah. done. <laughs> Well, I feel like everybody on this bus was like me and just did not. They had like blinders on where they just didn't look at anybody else. Yeah, maybe else. there was snow. They were distracted by the storm. Yeah. So Mr. Ross, a skeptical businessman played by John Hoyt, who says he has a meeting in Boston. I need to hurry up and get going. The driver must have been mistaken, but he swears that there were six. I want this... <laughs> This businessman right off the bat was very like, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's very suspicious. Very suspicious. And throughout this whole episode, I'm like, they're the alien. They're the alien. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> I even told Derek, I was like, one of the cops is an alien. He's like, how? And I was like, I don't know, but it is. <laughs> Noah and I very much sit firmly in the annoying thing that your spouse will do when they have seen something. And then your spouse asks you a question about it. And you're like, you'll just have to watch. You'll I mean, that's true. Don't ever tell me the actual answer. Right. We're all, like the other one is always trying to throw the other one off course when, when they ask a question. Yeah. And so for a majority of this episode, it's there's mutual suspicion that happens within these walls of the diner. 
That's what most of this episode is. And you as the viewer, you're kind of, you're listening and you're trying to figure it out while also they're trying to figure it out. Right. So, so I love how the, these state troopers came in and told everybody, they're like, somebody's here. That's not supposed to be here. It's from UFO. And they don't bat an eye to somebody mentioning that there was a UFO. And they're like, oh, let's find out who it is. What? I would, I would have so many questions. You know, also, <laughs> as the state troopers, what, 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 what am I hoping to accomplish here? There's not that many people, so they're not causing too much panic. But I just mean like... Oh, what are you going to do What are you going to do? Right. What, what are you going to do? It's an alien. What are you going to do? I don't know. Put him in jail. Jail. And then we're in the Stephen Yoon episode of The New Trial. <laughs> I'm telling you, they already remade it. <laughs> it's a continuation. But Avery, a.k.a. Jennifer Coolidge from the 60s, makes a good point. And she's like, you have to eliminate the couples. They had to have come in together. And if there's one person that doesn't belong here, it can't be the couples. And then there's uh, two young couples in the back. And she looks at her partner and she's like, "You, I could have swore you had a mole on your face. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, great. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, my husband's an alien. Right. That's the name of an adult Goosebumps book. Right. <laughs> my husband's an alien. My husband's an alien, a.k.a. I just don't want to be with him anymore. And this uh, is my out. Over it. Over yeah. it. <laughs> but, I mean, spoiler, it's not any of the couples. Done. But they keep trying to, like, both... Both couples, there's one partner in each couple that kind of suspects something of well, the other one. Well, let's be real. It's the woman who always doesn't suspect the who who always suspects the man. Right. Well, yeah. Because Why they're that? Acting Why weird. That? They're Why acting that? weird. I don't know. It's also like you had a mole, and then all of a sudden you don't. I used to have a mole on my chin, but then when I was shaving as a teenager, I accidentally. Um, Shaved it off. That's not even the same situation. I'm just saying, one day you see me, it's there. One day you see me, you do, it's not there. Okay? You don't see it. Okay? I was in the bus and I shaved my mole off. Hello? <laughs> not my Alien. fault you didn't notice. <laughs> they, they end up even questioning if the driver counted correctly, which I was also questioning to him. Like, but how do you, you don't have a manifest or anything, but how do you know... There was six people. Yeah, and he seems boozy. He seems boozy. Yeah, he seems a little weird. He's a little boozy. In the meantime, several odd things are happening. The jukebox plays on its own. The light mm. flickers on and off. Sugar bowls explode on the table. Exploding tables. sugar bowls. I mean, literally, a sugar bowl just like th- gets thrown into these people's faces. Pretty cool effect. Like it was great. For the 60s, great. Sugar in the eyes, dangerous. Also, see, jukeboxes are weird. Another correlation between our two episodes. Noah is fully against jukeboxes. I'm. I don't get them. Jukeboxes of America. I would love one in my house. Yes. I just don't want to use one in a public setting. Fair. I, I don't think like, that's fair. I don't like to force people to listen to well, my music. Right. I, th- I feel like it's very socially conscious. It's it's it's, Thanks. it's respecting others. I get that. I am a socially conscious person. <laughs> okay. Silence. <laughs> just fucking crickets. <laughs> Cool. All <laughs> the right. Patrons wonder why, <laughs> at this point, whomever it may be, why they haven't shown themselves. Yeah. What's with this cat and mouse game? What is the agenda of this person? Because at this point, it's like they're all snowed in. They can't go anywhere. It's like, if this person is here, why are they trying to be like one of us? And it's like, well, maybe they're just trying to seek refuge somewhere, or maybe they just don't want you to know their business. Also, this seems like a witch hunt slash alien hunt. Right. So things would not be good right. for a person if they came out of the extraterrestrial closet. Yeah. And that, I mean, 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They also kind of do this like red herring in this episode where there's this guy at the counter. (laughs) He has crazy eyes. Yeah. He's very eccentric. He's like laughing at everything. He's he's to throw you off. The second I saw him, I was like, well, he's obviously not the alien because why would an alien be acting like that? Right. (laughs) And the character's name is also Red Herring. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh. <laughs> I was like, whoa, my blow. <laughs> so they end up receiving word that the bridge is safe to cross, and they all leave the diner. So I'm, I'm not even kidding. There's like some conversations that happen in between this. They, at one point, they're like, okay, everybody show, you, show me your identifications. They go to Avery, the starlet, and they're like, show me your ID. I don't know why they went to her first. And she was like, oh, I don't have it. I sent it away on my luggage ahead of me. Why I mean, is it your luggage on the bus with you? Also, guys, <laughs> keep your ID with you. Right. How did you get how did what when you when you bought tickets? <laughs> Different security back then. Different I don't, security. <laughs> I don't know a life where I don't have to show 17 different documents of identification just to do one thing. <laughs> Agreed. It's hellacious. That's the reason why I wanted to talk about this episode is... <laughs> Good for you. I'm just kidding. Social commentary. <laughs> I'm socially conscious, but have a lot to say about social commentary. Ooh, I like that. Thank you. So sure, after everybody leaves the diner, they get on the bus and they leave. Shortly, Mr. Ross, this businessman... <clears throat> Trench coat, trench coat. Returns to the diner alone. Goes inside, sits down. He tells the cook that the bridge wasn't safe at all and that it all collapsed, killing all the occupants of both the bus and the police car. The newlyweds, the old folks, the crazy eyes. They're dead. Done. (laughs) The cook asks the businessman how he survived the bridge collapsing into the river slash water, creek, whatever it was. So cold. Without even getting wet. Mm -hmm. The businessman asks what the word wet means. (gasps) Twist, twist, twist. Revealing a third arm from Ah! under his Ah! overcoat. As he stirs his coffee and lights a cigarette. He has multiple arms. I... (laughs) One, I want to point out one thing before we talk about his multiple arms and the aliens. In an ironic twist of fate, because in previous conversations, the passengers of the bus would have likely survived their encounter with Mr. Ross, depending on if he knew the bus was going to crash or not, if they had heeded the warnings of the old man, the the older couple... And checked the bus occupants if they had wings, because they're like, check all of them, make sure they don't have wings. It would have revealed the third arm. Strip searches. He was right. He was right. When in doubt, if there's a Martian in your cafe, strip search everybody. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Bare-assed, baby. God. (laughs) So, multiple arms. This shot is so amazing. But how do they do it? I mean, literally. There's just someone behind them? Yes. So we have the Twilight Zone companion. And in this, it kind of talks about how stuff is done in this episode. And it's just, since he has the overcoat draping over him, somebody's behind him kind of just like holding his booty and having (laughs) their arm come up from underneath him. Uh, So his arms are the two top ones and the one from underneath is somebody else. But they did practice for a while to make it just comfortable. It's very seamless. Right, because it looks he has really good. his top right arm. I know I'm getting weird with this. You'll see pictures, obviously. Mr. Ross's top right arm is his arm. Mm-hmm. The left arm is his arm. Right. The bottom right is the other is person. The other person. Right. 
But if you notice in the scene, he's stirring, he's holding his cup of coffee, stirring the other one, getting the pack of cigarettes, opening it, lighting it, taking it, and putting it in his mouth. That is a lot to coordinate with. So somebody they have to that, work together, right? And so they practice a lot. And the reason why this scene is so effective is because it just seems like he actually has three arms. Right. I when I saw this, I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> How did they do that? It's so, it was so good. It's just like, it's like such a practical thing, but it's so effective. Oh, so good. It's so effective. So good. So Mr. Ross also says the music, the telephone ringing were all illusions. He reveals to the cook that he is a Martian, that Mars plans to start colonizing Earth. This episode is taking a really weird turn. <laughs> right. Laughing. The cook tells him that he's too late, that he himself is from Venus, which has already started a colony, and that the Martian invasion force has been intercepted. Sorry, suckers. The cook takes off his diner cat, cook hat. Sure, sure. sure, Revealing a third eye in the (gasps) middle of his forehead. (gasps) The shocked Martian stares nervously at the cook, and the episode Ends. This eye moves, guys, on his forehead. It's so good. Chef's so, kiss, y'all. Double twist, the diner owner is a Vestian, which apparently there is a real word for aliens from Venus, which is, what is it? Venusians. Venusians. It's like Venusians. Venusians. Say, say it suavely. Venusians. Venusians. Nope. Yep. Okay. <laughs> this, so Martians have multiple arms, and Venusians <laughs> have three eyes. So good. They both have three of one thing. Y'all. That's weird. But like what you said, the double twist. Yeah. There's a double twist. Yeah, they should have been looking for two Martians, not oh, just one. Oh, man. This episode is just... It's, it's so good. It's so good. It's so. Did you guys get chills just now? I got chills retelling it. So good. I, I hope they became friends. No, he no. The Venusian know, had to kill I the know, Martian. I know, I know, I know. I'm he just saying. ripped off his third arm and he beat him to death with it. And he said, "That's oh. poison, coffee sucker." But that's the coolest thing about the Twilight Zone is they just drop it and then you're done. Drop it like it's hot. It's just it's so well, good. Well, that's the thing, right? They let you settle into the uneasiness of the fate. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And I, I wanted to. There's this fun little thing that I read in the companion that we have. A story with the premise written in October 12th, 1958, so a couple of years before like this episode aired, yeah. titled The Night of the Big Rain, Serling laid out the basics of this story with one big difference. The alien turns out to be a stray dog that the operator of the diner adopted. Ah. So in this first story that he wrote, there was actually a dog that was the alien. So maybe they just didn't want to like add a dog in here or whatever. This episode was super effective. I like this twist better. I yeah. like the new updated one better. I, I like it a lot, but I thought that was interesting that they did. He, he kind of tweaked it. There was a couple of years that led up to it and he decided that he wanted to not have one Martian, but two Martians and one was always already going to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So good. I mean, this is crazy that we can watch something like this. It's like you can watch things in the 60s or in the 40s and you're like, oh my god. There's like, I know the whole plot to this. Twilight Zone, you never fucking know. No. Nope. And it's so effective. It's so good. <laughs> Two thumbs up. I love it. Yeah, <sighs> so that's, will the real Martian please stand up? It's a very polite title, one. But also, there was two aliens in that cafe. Diner, not cafe. 
episode of this episode's got diners driving it's falling apart and dives beautiful (laughs) beautiful all right let's get into the special segment (laughs) so it was earth all along is that the name of your segment yeah oh it was Earth all along i forgot okay cool I thought we had an episode named that, but I guess we don't. Cool. I hope we don't. No, there there was one in our drafts. Oh, okay. But we didn't end okay. up picking it. Good to know. Anyway, <laughs> so I've decided to focus on a restaurant that is haunted. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. Is it here in New York? Drive three and a half hours north of Manhattan, and you will come <laughs> to find yourself in quaint Little Falls, New York. Damn it! <laughs> This is the home of one of the most haunted restaurants in the state, Beardsley Castle. (laughs) Built in 1860, the castle originally served as home to the Beardsley family. Mm -hmm. Later, it became a hotel, and currently, it is an eatery focusing on new American cuisine. Nothing ever comes good of an establishment that was once something, then turned into another thing, and then shifted again to a completely new thing you're right they got to keep changing identities because it's not where people can sleep and murder people and then change it into a restaurant never good it's always going to be haunted not great not great so the haunting of the castle is actually triple as there are thrice separate apparitions that appear to this day one for each establishment. OMG. You're right. Actually, actually, before the castle was built, there was a farmhouse Fuck. that existed on the grounds. And underneath it was ammunition. And Native <laughs> Americans heard about the store and went to find it. But sadly, the munitions exploded and killed all that were present. Oh. So it is said that their spirits roam the surrounding land and their screams can be heard throughout. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Poltergeist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is also said that Captain Beardsley himself can be seen wandering the grounds holding a lantern, and many have spotted him on the highway blinding motorists with his bright light. (laughs) The third haunting, he's like, goodbye. Yeah, here's my lantern. (laughs) The third haunting is by another former inhabitant of the manor. In the 1940s, Anton Christensen purchased the castle. He took his own life by hanging himself on one of the upper floors, and employees of the restaurant say that you can still see him there, waiting. So if you fancy yourself wanting to pair your dining experience Mm -mm. with a bit of the paranormal, you don't have to go too far because it was Earth all along. No, I'm okay. That's fine. We're taking a road trip. No, we're not. Road trip. Bye. They have some good stuff on that menu, I'm just saying. Yeah, what? Devil's food and ghost cakes and... I think both of those were cakes, actually. Ghost cakes, <laughs> devil food. No, thank you. I'm, I'm okay. No. <laughs> I definitely don't want to eat somewhere where a whole bunch of indigenous people died. No. I know. It's not great. It sounds it's not great. awful. They're like, you know what would be good here? A castle. You know what would be good here? A hotel. You know what would be good here? A diner. No. It's got real good reviews on Yelp, though. Yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> I bet it does. Upstate New York is so weird. So weird. <laughs> so, guys, just be careful where, where, where you dine because you might meet a devil. I do also want to say, in a little Twilight Zone twist, wee this wee. episode is pretty much almost the exact same time as our first one. Wee do, wee do. Just wanted to point that out. Spooky. <laughs> All right. Well, <sighs> till next week in the Twilight Zone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of, artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at 
a bite of pod and on Facebook at a bite of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at a bite of pod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on a bite of. Bye. <music>